if you have your Bibles, Mark chapter 3, Mark chapter 3. When we started this church, uh, we said we're going to start with going through an entire book of the Bible together. And so we would go chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and we chose the book of Mark. The, Mark, the book of Mark is one of the, the simplest gospels to understand. It's a, the, the, the Romans called it the book of action because this is, the, this is where action takes place. We see Jesus literally moving through scenario through scenario, scene after scene, moment after moment. And so we're in the book of Mark, and so we started with one and two, and you can follow on our podcast and go back and listen. And in the last couple of weeks with the holidays and the new year, we, we, we've kind of deviated a little bit, but now we're back into it. And it's interesting because we came back into a place where I really felt this is where God was leading me to lead this church for this upcoming year. And I feel like this word is really where we're at and what, where God is wanting us to be at for this upcoming year. And so here, it's weird how, how when you line yourself up with Scripture, Scripture will always speak in due season. Anybody hear that today? The, the Scripture literally speaks to us right at the right time, and it never returns void. And so Matthew chapter 3, I mean Mark, excuse me, Mark chapter 3, verse 7 through 18, it says, Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the lake, and a large crowd from Galilee followed. When they heard of all about what he was doing. Many people came to him from Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, and the region across the Jordan, and around Tyre and Sidon. Because of the crowd, he told his disciples to have a small boat ready for him to keep the people from crowding him. Verse 10, for he had healed many so that those with diseases were pushing forward to touch him. When the impure spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, you are the son of God. But he gave them strict orders not to tell others about him. Verse 13, Jesus went up to the mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and he came to them. He appointed 12 that they may be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. These are the 12 he appointed, Simon, to whom he called the name Peter. Verse 17, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. To them he gave him the name Benadrus, which means sons of thunder. Verse 18, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Thaddeus Simon the Zealot, and 19, verse 19, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. I want to speak to you this morning. Using as a title, if you're taking notes, I invite you to write this down. From the crowd to commitment. From the crowd to commitment. I, I believe firmly if we're going to see the church alive and well and moving in the way God has called us to move, there has to be some people that are ready to get out of the crowd and, and ready to get into commitment mode with God. I, I, maybe you've been coming to church for a few weeks or a few months or you're, you're here in this place and you've been listening to word. But there's a moment where I, I invite you to come and listen to God. But there's a moment where you have to listen to what God is obligating you to do. What God is asking you to do is to make a commitment with him. Church is not just a, a place to listen to a word. Church is a place to get involved and to be able to respond to what God has called us to do. We, we're, we, we, what church is about is not just to be part of the crowd. You see, what happens in many churches all across the nation today 
What happens all across the nation today, no matter where you go to, statistically they say between 10, 20% of people um, of a church, um, only 10 to 20% are the people that are actually engaged or involved or in the church. That they're the, about 20% are the ones running the entire show, the entire operation. One out of every five people are the ones making it happen. And my desire and my, my, my cry to God is that this would not be the case for this church, that this will be a church where people are excited to get involved, where people are excited to serve, where people are excited to get commitment, to be committed, where people are excited and they know that God has called them to something more. Can anybody hear me today? That today, that this is a place, a church, when the church comes alive, is because people respond to God. And it's not just a pastor doing it, it's the people of God moving it. I've always say this, that we are the church. The church is not a building, it's you and I. And when the church comes together, we make things happen, and we can change the dynamic of the entire community in the city we live in. Someone, someone have to praise God for that today. That, that, that we can change the community and the city that we live in when the church becomes alive. When we arrive to this part of the gospel, we see Mark writing basically a summary of what Jesus came to do. This is the, the height of the ministry of Jesus. Jesus' ministry is on the rise at this moment. People and crowds are coming from all over the place. The, uh, Mark tells us different regions where people were coming from across the Jordan, from Tyre and Sidon. If you were to take a biblical map, you'd be able to see that these regions were far away from Galilee where Jesus is operating in. People are hearing what is happening. They're hearing about the good news of Jesus. They're hearing about the miracles, the wonders, the signs of Jesus. They're seeing what Jesus can do. And they, when they hear it, they respond and they want to go to it. Interesting enough, this is the part where Mark also mentions about how Jesus calls disciples, and he names them as well, even though the disciples have been operating in Mark chapter 1 and 2, and there's instances where we see that, but this is where he pays attention, and he shows the crowd, and he shows the committed people that Jesus calls, and I believe out of crowds, God calls the right people for his task. And so today I want to share just a couple different things. I want to say, uh, Jesus is doing these things. So number one, Mark is telling this, number one, for people to hear what Christ is doing. What do I want to, for, if out of this church in 2020, I want for people to hear what Christ is doing. It says here, verse 8, they heard about what he was doing. Many people came to him. They heard what he was doing. See, interesting thing enough, people are coming from different regions, different places, different um, vicinities, different providences. They were all coming from all around because they heard what Jesus did. Now, now this, day, this day and age, they didn't have Facebook. They didn't have Instagram. They didn't have Twitter where you could tweet about what's going on. They didn't have the news or even the old news, the, the newspaper or a magazine. They didn't have access to that. How could they hear what, what, what Jesus was doing? It was because people were witnesses firsthand, and they testified of what Jesus was doing in that moment. They testified that God was doing miracles, that God was healing the sick. You see, the Bible tells us in Mark chapter 2, he healed a paralyzed man. Mark chapter 1, he heals a demon-possessed man. He heals uh, uh, Peter's mother-in-law. He heals people. 
And so people are, are a witness to that, and they begin to spread it and begin to speak to someone else and go somewhere else, and they walk miles and, mo- and miles more to share about what Jesus was doing. People were hearing what Jesus was doing. They hadn't experienced it. They hadn't seen it firsthand, but they heard about what's happening. My prayer, my desire for this church is for people to hear what Christ is doing in this place, not to hear what George is doing, not to hear what just the people are doing, but I want people to hear what Christ is doing and what he can do to people in this place. My desire is for people to hear that there's people, the sick that are being healed, that blind men are being healed, that people are being, uh, are, are being, being set free from all bondages and slavery, that they're set free from chains that have hold them for many years, that they're, they're set free from depression, from anger, from thoughts of suicide, oh, that people can be set free from the chains of addiction like drugs and alcohol. I, I want people in this community and in this city to hear that Vive Houston, that Vive Church is alive and well and that God is moving in this place, that there's an encounter here. I want people to hear that there's something different. I want people to talk about it. I don't want just people to talk about it. I want them to see it for themselves. See, I want people to hear. People will hear it and we'll use every means possible, every technology, every Facebook Live or Instagram or, or every graphic, anything we can publish, anything we'll put so, to, so that people can hear that God is moving in this place. Can anybody know, anybody testify and praise God today that God is moving in this place even right now? Can we give God some praise this morning that, that God is here in this place and he's changing the lives of people? Even though you don't see it, you can hear about it right now if I can tell you the stories and if I put the mic into the hands of people I'm sure there's some people that can say I can tell you all about how God has changed my life through this church how God has helped me and, and, and has helped me get out of this through this church. And some of you, man, in, just, in, in due time, you will share some great things that are happening in your life. I want to hear about them. But I, people are, 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 I, wanna, I want people to hear that what Christ is doing in this place. I want them to hear, and they come from all around. I want people to come from all around the city, from the north, the east, the west, the south, to hear that what God is doing here, what is happening in this place. And it's not the method. It's not the show. It's not the music. It's not the good preaching. It's God's presence that is moving because there's people that are hungry for him, and they're ready to seek him. I want people to hear. Number two, I want people to see who is in control. You see, if you pay attention, the, the verse 8 tells us that people heard about what was happening. They heard and they came. They came from all over the place. I want people to come from all over the city, all over the state, and all over the world to this place and to experience God. But it, it went from, uh, the word went from hearing. It says, whenever the pure in spirit, the impure spirits saw him. They fell before him and cried out. So it went from hearing to seeing. Can I tell you, but there's going to be a transition in the lives of different people. Some people's opinions of this church are going to change because they're going to go from just hearing about good things. They're going to go from just hearing about a good service or hearing about great things to actually seeing it firsthand for themselves that God is different, that God is, is more than enough, that God is moving in this place, and that their life can be set free in Jesus' name. I want people to see for themselves firsthand that God can move in their life if they just give their life to God. 
It says the impure spirits, they, they saw it. If, either, if the demons believe in Jesus, why can't we and why can't the worst of the worst hear him as well and see it firsthand? They recognized the authority. They knew who was in control. Why can't we do it as well? Why can't the rest of them out there do it as well? It's possible. See, some people are going to go from hearing to seeing. A lot of people have heard about our church. Um, weekly, people ask me, I have friends of mine all over, they, they hear good things about our church. Um, friends that um, are still walking to try to, to get their lives right with God, they hear about what happens. And I, and I want to pray over these next 21 days that, that what's happening right now, that as you seek and find, that there will be people in your life that you're praying for, that God will change their life. And they will go from hearing about what God can do to actually vividly seeing it firsthand in their life. I don't want just people to hear about what God can do. I want them to see it. And I want them to experience Anybody hear me today that I want to see God move. I want to see God in this place. I want to see, man, those wayward sons and daughters to come back to God. That father that doesn't go to church. That son that doesn't go to church. That daughter that's a, a, a drug addicted. That person. That they will not see just another church. They will not just see everything else they thought about church, but they will see something different in us. They will see and know that we've been with God, that we have the presence of God in us. I want to see that. And I want to give all credit to God. I don't want them to come to see, man, just a, another worship team. I don't want them to come and see just a nice sign or a nice welcome center or coffee or the, or the food we have or just see us on Facebook or see, man, they got a good-looking pastor. <laughs> Some are like, what? <laughs> I don't want them just to see those things. I want them to see God in them and God move firsthand in this place. How many want to see that as well in their life, in the lives of your friends? How many know we have, each of us have at least one person in our life that, man, you know they need God. And if God would just come into their life and change their life, man, things would different. We would see something different. We would see. Can I tell you, we are about to see some things this year like never before. I, I, don't, I don't know how, how to describe it, but I'm believing for, to see some new people come and, and people coming out of the woodwork and people coming from the least places you ever thought they would come from because God is in the, in the midst of working in the lives of people. And over the months that, that come, I, I'll tell you one thing, I, I, we get hit up all the time. People will ask us, and it, and it doesn't go about a week or two that goes by that someone says, man, I found you guys on Facebook. I, I heard you guys about, about you guys on Facebook or online. And, and as a result of that, some people have actually showed up to our church, and, and, and not a week or two um, that goes by where we don't have at least one visitor that comes because they found us online. And it's amazing. It's, it's glorious because they saw a video. They saw a photo, something that inspired them. But I don't want them just to be inspired to come. I want them to come and experience what God can do and not just to see something in a video, but I want them to come to see firsthand that the power of God is in this place. And when people are hungry for the power of God, the power of God will move in this place like never before. Somebody has to believe that today. Is somebody with me this morning and says, God, yes, I want to see it. I want to see who's in control. You will understand when you submit your life to God that he's in control. He's the one with power. He's the one with authority. 
He's the one that can make it happen. He's the one on the throne. He's the one that's coming back. He's the one that reigns. It's his kingdom. Every other business, every other kingdom, every other community, every city will one day fade away. But God's kingdom will last forever. He's in control. Number three, I want to see for people to be called to something greater than themselves. See, God calls people out of the crowd. There could have been thousands of people there. The Bible tells us that, describes to us that um, he fed 5,000 people. And, and when they would count people, um, they usually counted just men. And so it could have been, um, you know, women and children all inclusive. It, it could have been uh, 15,000, 20,000 people. Maybe it was a Hispanic family, 25,000, because everybody got like five kids, you know. Um, everyone coming together, all these people coming together. And there's a multitude, and they're pressing against him. But out of a crowd of people, he calls 12 people that says, these are the people that are chosen. These are the people that I choose. And, and John, he, tells, he says it a little bit late, like this. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you to go bear fruit that will last. He, he calls 12 out of an entire multitude of people, out of a crowd of people, because he knows that this is the people that I'm going to use to be able to transform and change this entire world. He gets 12 people, and with 12 people, he moves everything. I don't get, I don't get discouraged because there might be a few even here today. I'd rather have 10,000 people. Or I'd rather have 10 people that are on fire for God than 10,000 people that are just asleep. I'd have 10, if we could do more with 10 people that are passionate and commitment, committed to God than 10,000 people that are just hanging around and, and occupying space. Anybody hear me today? We can do so much more with people that are ready to give their lives and they want something greater than themselves. Do you know that your purpose in life is not just for yourself, it's for something greater that God has for you. And if 10 people come together or, or 100 people come together, imagine the impact can do if everybody is so excited and so pumped and passionate about people that are lost, people that are hungry. Instead of trying to seek their own pleasure or just coming to church, this isn't the type of church that you just want to come hang out to. No, this is the church where, where we want people to come from the crowd to a commitment stage. There's a next step involved. He calls 12 people who end up changing the world. We can change the world with just a few people we have. I believe it. Sure, they made mistakes. Mark is actually the gospel that he highlights more of the mistakes of the disciples than any other gospel. And in this group of people, these ragtag, misfit team of disciples, there's a diversity. There's some that are fishermen, other that, others that are tax collectors. Some of them are brothers. Some of them are young, maybe as young as 15. Some of them are older, maybe as old as 40. Some with family. With children, responsibilities, and he brings all types of people together on his team. Can I tell you that the way God is going to move in this church is all different types of people. God's going to bring people from different types of places, different types of backgrounds, different types of ages, different diversity of race, diversity of language, diversity of, of income level. Because he's going to bring us all together to be able to do what he has called us to do. He chose 12 people from different walks of life. Imagine what he can do with 12 different people from all walks of life today. Imagine what he can do in this church when there's people that are ready to go into a place of commitment. No matter what they are, no matter where they come from, God can use you. I don't care if you're the 
least educated person in the room or the most educated in the room. God wants to use you and call you to do something even greater than what you are right now. He wants you and he wants you alone and he wants you and he invites you to be part of this. Out of the crowd to commitment. See, one of them is a tax collector. We Matthew, we read about him a couple months ago. He's a sinner. People hate him. People don't like him because they think he's a thief. And he calls him. He says, I want you to be part of my, my team. He calls another guy. We just read Simon. They describe him as the zealots. That's the only thing we know about him. A zealot is this anti-government, revolutionary type of person. So you have the IRS on one side, and you got the anti-government on the other side. All part of the same team. How beautiful is that? It's not about one side of politics or another. No, God wants every side in it because what God's calling is, it transcends every government. It transcends every party. It transcends everything for his calling. Every occupation. And he shares even as well of a man that betrayed him, Judas. Can I tell you, not every one of us is going to be perfect. Some of us are going to mess up. Some of us are going to fail us. God wants us all. And he gives us an opportunity to help, to serve, to give, to do what we want to do. During New Year's, our New Year's uh, time together, I shared five characteristics of a church that I want to see um, this upcoming year. And I think this lays the foundation. Our church started September 29th of, of last year. Um, it, three months that we've been active, almost four. And I, I really feel that as we are, we are in our first inaugural year of a church, brand new church, um, there's five things that I want to see it happen out of this church, commitments that we want to um, abide by, things that we want to be. Um, I, I want to share those things again. Number one, I want to be a church of prayer. I believe prayer, if you don't know what prayer is, it's simply talk to, talking to God. You talk to God and you let God talk to you. I want to be a church of prayer that we talk to God. We, that's why we have a 21 days of, of devotion to prayer and fasting and, and it's not just that we do it in 21 days. Um, I invite you to come to our prayer nights. God is moving in our prayer nights. Find out about it. We want to know. Um, we, wa we want to know more about you. We want to know your petitions. And we want to pray with him as well. I, 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 in our first service, we had someone that they, they, they reported that, that God, God gave them their petitions or he, got, he, moved, he moved in their circumstance in our first service. I want to hear the petitions that God is, has, that you have for God. And I want to see God move in your life. And so I want to be a church that's dedicated to prayer and connecting ourselves with God and talking to God always. I want to be sensitive to his voice and listen to what God tells us for this church. I want to pray. Number two, I want to be a church. Um, number two, can we get the slide up? Number two, I want to be a church that, that is a church of fasting. I want a church that's fasting. We talked about a prayer and fasting we talked about uh, being a church of fasting, that we're, we're, we're sacrificing of ourselves. If you haven't begun to fast, I invite you tomorrow, start, start fasting. Start with fasting one, one meal, one day, um, one item out of your normal diet routine, maybe social media. What are the things that you want to fast? And we separate things out of our lives to be able to dedicate ourselves to God. I want to be a church that fasts, that seeks God and separates time so that we can hear his voice. Number three, 
I want to be a church that gives, a church that's giving. I, I believe you can tell a lot about a person's characteristics when you look at their bank account and you look at their wallet. Um, I, I believe that's one of the hardest things for, for, for man to really do. And this is not a, a, a key to try to trick you to give or try to get you some more money out of you. No, my, our goal is for us to be a church that's generous. You look at our core values right outside. We have them right there. We, we pray that we're a generous church, a church that loves the people, loves community, and is able to give even more and more this year. We're not bound by what we have. No, we believe in a God that has everything and a God that can supply. I believe that there's going to be people this year that are going to give abundantly. You're going to see that tax refund check come in, and you're going to say, God, this is yours. You're going to see God give you raises, and you're going to say, God, this is yours. And some of you think I'm crazy. And this is not a trick to try to pull money out of you or anything like that. No, no, this is, this is for you to understand that there's a mission that's greater than ourselves. And there's a God that supplies all resources. He's the owner of the cattle of a thousand hills. Number three, or number four, I want a church in community. I believe the church is a family. And if you're just joining us, I want you to be part of our family. I want you to be, feel like this is your home. That you could just come and, and, and you can be part of this. You can be yourself. You can be transparent. If it gets ugly, man, we want to be ugly with you. If, if, if it gets crazy, we want to get crazy with you. If things are hurting, we want to hurt with you. We want to, if, if you're in pain, we want to be pay, in pain with you. If you're rejoicing, you're celebrating, we want to celebrate with you. We want a community. That's why we have our groups that meet during the week. We can talk to each other. Can I tell you, one thing, one thing that Jesus was saying to his disciples, he calls them not just so that they can preach, so, not so, so that they can have authority to, to expel demons, but the first thing he calls them to is to be with him. He calls them to community. Discipleship happens in community, in friendships, in relationships, in talking. I want a church that talks to each other. If you don't know the name of the people around you, find out their name this week. If you don't have their number, find out their number this week. I want a church and community. And if you don't see that person next week, you're like, okay, you need to find out what is happening in their life. Can I go to their house? Can I be, can I, can I hit them up? Can I, can I call them up? It, 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 can we be in community? And no matter how big we get, if there's 5,000 people, well, I want to be a church and community. Because that's how we'll reach people. Number five, I want to be a church that's serving, giving of themselves, giving of themselves. I want to serve. There's some people, you don't know it, there's some people that get here at 7 in the morning every Sunday. We, we, we put chairs out. We stack everything up. We, we take things down. We put, move things in. But it goes beyond just that. Because I don't want just people that are serving on Sundays. I want people to serve during the week. I, I, I want to begin um, other, other types of ministries where we can serve the community in so many ways. And, but we have to get things in order and prioritize first. But we have to be a place, people that are just saying, I don't care about all this, whether I get any type of recompensation or not. I just want to give to God everything I have. My calling is this is simple, is that are you ready to give more of yourself? Maybe you're connected to this church and you've been coming and you're still new to this. And, and, but there comes a time where you come from listening and you take a, take a step forward and say, God, I just want to serve you. 
I'm willing to give everything to you. And this is what the disciples did. They gave everything they had. They gave their careers. They gave away everything they had, money, finances, family. Next week we'll talk about family because sometimes your family is going to get in the way of the calling that God has for your life. And you're going to have to choose what you want more. Do you want God or do you want everything else? Well, God is calling us out of the crowd and says, you know what? Do you want to be my disciple? Do you want to be my disciple? Dietrich Bonhoeffer said it like this. When, a man, when God calls a man, he calls, calls him to go and die, to go all in. Can I tell you, there's so many things that we want to do in this church, but it's only going to happen when people are willing to sacrifice and to give of themselves and says, I don't care about anything else. I'm just so desperate for God. I want people to hear what God is doing through Vive, and I want people to see an encounter with God. I want people to see that there's God is moving in this place and that God's presence is here. Anybody want to see that today? Anyone believe that with me? Just give God some praise. I want people to see it, experience it. It's going to happen not just when the pastor's doing it, when all of us are coming together and says, here we are. Nothing's beyond me. I, I, nothing's below me. I want to serve. You know, if Saturday, if you want to come, it's an open invitation. If you Saturday want to come and you say you want to learn how to serve, come Saturday morning. I'd love to show you how to serve, how, what we can do. I, I want to bring the best out of you, your giftings and, and the things that you have, and you can bring your ideas to the table. Bring them, bring them, bring them. I'd love to hear what you have to say. I'll close with this, and the band will lead us in worship. The other day I was at the barbershop. I went Thursday. I, I needed, I desperately needed a fade. I was already throwing, and I was like, man, I need to look fresh. I hadn't had something since last year, so I went to the barbershop. Talking to my barber. We're talking back and forth, having a conversation. He said this. He says, hey, man, I heard you started a church. How's that going? Like, yeah, man, I started a church. We've been going three months. I invited him to church. He doesn't go to church. He said, I'm looking for church. And I told him, he's like, you know, he asked me where we're meeting now. I was like, we meet at this gym over here at the YMCA. He was like, man, you know, what, what is it? How do you do it? I was like, well, I don't know. What do you mean? Well, how, how is it that you, you're able to get, like, do you have people helping you? I was like, yeah, I have a, a crew of people that come. They get there early, set up, and help us, us tear down every week. And, and people are helping us and making this thing happen. I was like, man, how do you depend on people like that? I was like, well, what? Well, I mean, people just come and they sign up and they want to help and they want to serve and they love it. But, but, but like, how? What, what, what makes people want to do that? And I told him like this. People are serving in this church because they're not doing it for me. They're not doing it for me. If God calls you to help and serve in this church, you're not doing it for me. Please don't do it for me. You're doing it for him. You're doing it because God gave you a new life. And out of the grace that God gave you, all you want to do is please him and give back and give as much as you can to God. Because God is more than enough. God is more powerful. God is greater. He's the one in control. He's the one that deserves all the praise. He's the one that's on the throne. He's the one that's coming back. It's him. It's him. It's him. And I just want to serve him. I do it for him. I told him they do it for him. And they also do it for them, for the people that are still yet to come into these seats. Do it for those people. 
You look at empty chairs right now. But what would happen if people were just passionate about God and hungry for God to move? And they moved out of a crowd and said, here I am, God. God takes whoever, whoever, whenever, whatever, and he gives it. You give it to God, and he will use you. Let's pray. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father God, God, I invite you to speak to us. Holy Spirit, convict our hearts. We want to move into something beyond ourselves, into something greater, God. I want to invite you this morning. If there's someone here today, maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never given your life to Jesus. You've never said, yes, God, I'm, I'm going to follow you. You've never consciously said that. I'm not asking you if you go to church. I'm asking you, have, have you made a commitment to God to serve him, to love him, to give your life to him? Because you can go to church and not be a Christian. But have you made a commitment to him? Today I want to ask you that. Is there anybody here that wishes to give their life to God? I'm going to ask you just to slip up your hand with me. And I want to pray for you this morning. You say, man, I, my life is not right. And I'm here. I, I just want to give my life to God. I don't know what all this means, but I just want to give him my life. I want to start today with a new life. Anybody here just want you slip up your hand and say, George, pray for me today. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I like to call the church, everyone else. Here's what we like to do. I'm going to invite you to stand. I'm going to invite everyone to stand today. You step, stand out of your seat and, and here's what I do, what we do. We like to spend time here at the altar. Why do we spend time at the altar? So that we can separate ourselves from our seat, for, from our distractions for a moment. And we come up here. The altar is a place where we die to ourselves. It's a place of death. And it's a place where God gives us our life. He, he's, this, is where, this is where we meet with God. I'm going to invite you to step out of your seat for a few moments and come to this place. The band's going to lead us to song. If you need prayer for something, if you have a petition today, if, if you're, you're, you have something going on, I want to hear about it. Um, we have people here that can pray for you. Um, we have other, other friends here that, that can meet with you and talk to you. And if you need prayer, man, we're going to pray for you today. But just lift up our hands to heaven, and we're just going to ask the Spirit of God to move in this place. This is just a time for you and God this morning. Yes, Lord. Tears changing now. For spirit of the Lord.